Hello everyone and welcome back to Do We Know Them? We are still here! We're here. We're here. We survived to tell the story. We have made it to season two. <laughs> season two, episode 101. So many people were like, please keep counting. Do not stop counting. We need you to keep counting. I told you, the girlies want the count. What are we gonna be here till a thousand? Me like, now it's a thousand and five and a thousand and six. I mean, Jesus. Whatever, we'll count as long as it makes sense. All right, anyway. Boy, we have an episode filled with two of our favorite people. What'd you say? Janet and Matt Reif. What gets better than that? Not much. Two peas in a pod. <laughs> I think they'd be friends. Maybe she could be his lawyer. I also just want to start this off by saying great job with um, the call on changing her name to Janet because it's really caught on. It did. Like literally I've heard multiple people like cover her in a serious manner calling her Janet. I love that. Obviously we want to start with the update on this channel, what our status is. We kind of left you on a cliffhanger on the video, our last episode, being like, well, we don't know what's going to happen. Then we left you on even more of a cliffhanger in our pinned comment that was like, well, Janet wants to go to court, so this should be interesting. It's been a roller coaster of a week. The last 24 hours has been fucking insane. Like yeah. since we posted that episode to now, oh my God. So we're gonna obviously fill you guys in and tell you where we're at right now because I must say, what an update. It's so good. Grab your popcorn. It's, I mean, it couldn't be better. Honestly, this whole situation, it got so, so, it like, it couldn't have gotten worse and now it couldn't have gotten better. We're just like, this is, this is peak entertainment, honestly. A roller coaster but an entertaining one so timeline wise we finished filming the last episode and at that time we were under the impression that the strikes were removed our videos were still down our videos were down and then right after i think we found out that she had filed like a copyright court yeah so thing. we posted that night at like one in the morning at like five in the morning we got an email from youtube that she had provided a like legal notice and we'll don't worry, we're gonna tell you everything. By the way, if you have no idea what we're talking about, we will link below in order what happened. But I would say the most important one to watch is our last episode where we talk in depth about how our channel was in jeopardy because a lawyer in our belief was wrongfully striking our channel and using the copyright system to do that. It was a really, really scary time that that was being allowed on this platform. And we have an update there as well because we have spoken with YouTube. And so, yeah, okay. So timeline wise, yes, we uploaded that. About four hours later, we get an email that says, hey, she provided a legal notice. So that means that until that legal battle is done, we can't do anything. The video's down. And then when you get like a ruling, then you could let us know what that ruling is and we'll either keep the video down or restore it. But basically she submitted a document that wasn't like a federal court document, which is what copyrights that usually goes to federal court. Well, I think this system was started in 2021 to keep petty cases like this out of the federal court system because this is for all matters under 30 thousand dollars and it only cost her forty dollars to file you see her little receipt at the top yes yes i did see that also i thought we were gonna have to, have to like make sure we could share the document for the court thing but don't worry it's public how i don't know but someone tweeted it to me anyone could see it. oh they looked into the cases and found it mm -hmm. you're lying Wow, it's, yep. you guys should work for the FBI. So what she did essentially is she filed a claim with something called the Copyright Claims Board. And this is a board of people who hear situations, both sides of situations and make rulings on, again, cases that are under $30,000. So she has given us this lengthy claim or given YouTube, I guess, who then gave that to us. And this claim is filled with allegedly hot diarrhea. I mean, oh <laughs> my God. Maybe we should have been like more concerned that this was like <laughs> potentially gonna be like a legal situation. No, honestly, we were reading this and dying. I literally had just dropped my daughter off at school and I just told my husband, drive to Cracker Barrel. We need to like sit down across the table from each other at Cracker Barrel and digest this. And that we did as I ate a pancake taco. A pancake taco, that's delicious. Cool. But honestly, I just, I was flabbergasted and I read him like every line. I was just like- Everyone was more absurd than the last. Beyond. And honestly, I wish this claim was the worst part, but it gets even worse. Oh guys, you guys are in for a treat. Uh, grab a snack, like I said. Yeah, let me pull up um, the, the document she sent because we need to definitely go over some of the highlights. Get your cold reading voice on, even though we've read it 12 times. Most of it was in my head though. And I just like, I can't believe she actually wrote this. Like this came from a real person. I was explaining the situation to my stepdad today. And I realized that in the beginning, when we first started covering this, we had to refilm all because we did not believe Janet could be a real person. Doesn't it make so much sense now? Because if someone read this, like this does not feel like a real person. Yes, yes. I have personally apologized to Kitty. I've been like, 
I don't even think we included it in the video, but I want you to know that I'm so sorry we even ever doubted you off camera because, oh my God. And she's like, yeah, no, it's fine, I understand. <laughs> well, and I do wanna say really quickly before we continue on, everything we say in this video is alleged and our opinion only, only for the purposes of social commentary. Nothing we say here is meant to draw any hate or attention to any specific person. No, and we're no, simply just not. giving our opinion and commentary on the situation at hand. Please proceed. Oh my God, Um, where to even begin? So to clarify, the infringement that she refers to in this document is our use of one of her TikToks again, which this time not a scrolling of the TikTok terms and services. She actually is on camera for this one. <gasps> so I know, gasp. <laughs> this one is titled Becca Day False Accusations. So the fact that it also includes Becca just makes me laugh. But it was apparently viewed more than 132,000 times before it was removed, Slay. which I'm like, oh. That's a pretty good episode. <laughs> Not us in like a giddy. We get giddy about this. You don't understand. Lily like called me last night while I was playing Fortnite and we were just like giddy. Like this is too much. The shit eating grin that has been pasted on my face since is just, oh, it's too perfect. Okay. Well, so first of all, something that we felt was like interesting was that she lists that we apparently distribute our podcast to like over 18 platforms. Which we don't. I was like, I don't think that's true. Honestly, when she said that, I was like, awesome. Do we? I don't, I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I'm pretty sure it's just four. Oh, it's like, that's pretty good. Spotify Apple and I don't even know the other two. But um, she expresses a problem with, we didn't link her. We didn't link the TikTok that we were watching. She claims in here that it's apparently our best practice. It's like our common practice to do that. And that's not true. And we're not trying to like steal the content by any means. Like we're not ever using things so it's like, hey, we're gonna use this TikTok so we get the views instead of them. That's absolutely never been the case. In this part, she's saying that we did not link to Claimant, who is her and were respondents, Claimant's original video in their video or podcast publications. They have the ability to do so and did so with other authors' works. See the attached screenshots of respondents' description of their video showing a link to Becca Day's video. Girl, you're just mad we linked to Becca. We linked to Becca because we like Becca. It wasn't like a, all of the credits are linked below. It was, hey, you might want to go check out Becca's TikTok because she has more information on this. Isn't there like a thing with lawyers where they like gather like context clues or evidence or something of the sort, like they're supposed to be able to do that? Because she said, respondents have departed from their usual practice of linking the works they take in their publications by not linking claimants work. Click on any of our episodes any of them. The only time we link people, which is rare. Or we'll say where it's coming exactly, from. Exactly, and then we toss to it. Like, we don't do that. You would have known that if you would have just clicked with your mouse to any other video. It's the fact that she saw that we linked to Becca's she just TikToks. Got pissed. Because again, Becca had more information that we weren't covering necessarily that we thought it would be valuable if you guys wanted to go check out. And then also we did link to Paige Christie's YouTube video because that was another thing that we didn't cover in full detail. Right. And if you wanted the full story, then you would have to go watch it. In this entire thing, she must reference, I think like five cases for precedence. So she's trying to be like, hey, there's precedence here that has been decided in my favor, right? We wanna tell them what, what year the main case is from that she references? Well, you know, usually in the 1990s. 1994. Yeah, she's not really up to date. That's before that's okay. YouTube even existed. She says, C. Campbell versus A. Cuff Rose Music. She also says, my favorite, let me find it. Elvis Presley Enters Inc. versus Passport Video, which is from 2003. Yes, she uses that one quite a bit. It's like, hello, I'm just like Elvis, is what the vibe I got. Did you get that vibe? That's the vibe I got. She basically is referencing like, mainstream media yeah she has one that's versus universal music core like you're not universal yeah, yeah, yeah. like how many how do we have to say it this is in the description of harm suffered and relief sought because janet suffered during all this claimant is seeking the maximum relief that the board believes is justified i would love to hear so, how much the board thinks is justified zero claimant's copyright was registered within three months of the publication date and statutory damages are available to the claimant i don't even know what that means that she registered a copyright for her tiktok that doesn't even that's not a thing even if you copyrighted like i guess like the like of your page like it's a moving piece isn't it you're always uploading new content so wouldn't each thing need to be no, copyrighted no, no. i think she she claims that she actually copyrighted this individual tiktok that's kind of sad if that's true that's i was like if that's true then i mean you really need to get a, a hobby or something this part is delicious so just hold on one second she says the market of viewers of respondents infringing work are the same as claimant's original work, those that are interested in learning about the subject matter of claimant's work. 
Janet, you are literally saying that our audience on Do We Know Them, like we're going to talk about Matt Reif and how he's canceled because he talked about someone's cooch. You think that's the same thing as you monotone speaking about law? Not only does she say that the people are the same, but it, they have the same interest, which is the subject of her work. Not what we're covering. It's, it's the, our audience wants to know what she's covering. Raise your hand if you're interested in Janet's TikTok. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm waiting. No hands. Interesting. I don't get it. And like, do you have access to our analytics? Do you know who our audience is, Janet? Because I don't think you do. Even before she mentions uh, that apparently the market of viewers is the same, she says, the market for licensing television clips would be undermined with widespread use of this type. The claimant suffers similar damages. <laughs> Except- I'm sorry, Janet, your TikTok is not the same as TV clips. She suffered similar damages except no damages at all, allegedly. It's just, it's laughable. So this is actually being sent. Let, let me just clarify this. This is a legal document. This was filed on a government site to the Copyright Claims Board. This now is going to send, because it has mine and Lily's addresses on there, which kind of worries me that it's public because our addresses are on there. That part isn't public, oh, but hallelujah. she has them, which does still make me nervous because she's going to file a fucking wellness check. I know. Well, it's our opinion that we are going to soon get something in the mail. And then from what I understand, from what I looked into, we are going to have 60 days to decide on whether we want to proceed with like countering her. What we just read you was sent to us very much as like a, hey, we got the legal notice. That means we can't reinstate your video until all of this is done, like we said. So imagine our surprise when we get a follow-up email in that same thread that says, hello, please disregard the previous message. Mind you, we didn't say anything back to YouTube. No. That's the thing is that's so confusing about this fucking automated system. It's like having conversations with itself. It's like, sorry, we can't do anything. Well, just kidding. Actually, we can. Like, uh, okay, thanks, I think. There was a lot of second guessing itself. And honestly, after seeing Janet's correspondence with YouTube, I understand why the automated system almost blew up. So we get this email, just unprovoked, that says, hello, please disregard the previous message. The one telling us literally, she's taking you to court, nothing we could do about it. We received a takedown request for your video listed below that we've determined is invalid. As a result, we've reinstated your video and the associated copyright strike was resolved. You guys, we got this at like 3 a.m. and I text her and I was like, one of our videos is back up. Oh my God. And we were losing our shit. And then it literally, it's like disregard the last message, which is this document. And we're like, well, I don't know if we're allowed to completely disregard it, but okay, if you say so. Well, okay, so they sent that, right? They said, please disregard. Then for some reason on my personal email, it sent the same thing. But this time there was something a little extra there. And that something extra was every correspondence Janet has ever had with YouTube, where she is begging, urging, threatening, allegedly, YouTube legally, which I'm like, girl, that's Google. I don't know if you knew that, but that's Google. They could probably put you out of practice with a snap of a finger. So I would just, you know, hold off. And so it is important to note that this is the correspondence from one of the takedowns, not both of them. So I don't know what she was saying in the other thread, which seems to have just like died. But um, this one in particular, she is very hostile, right? Right. Allegedly, off the bat. it's our opinion. Now, there's a little issue here, and that issue is that because Jeanette is a lawyer, she included almost like past her signature. It's like this all-encompassing. Everything is confidential. Nobody can speak about this, or you go to the gulag. But you know that kind of vibe of like just to protect herself. However, what I did find interesting is that YouTube sent us this entire correspondence, like everything she said with this takedown request. Are like, here you go, have it. And nothing on YouTube's side was like, this is confidential. Don't share this. So I do find that interesting. And also. I'm pretty sure it's like even communicated that everything you include in like a takedown request gets shown to the person that it's about. I think so because when I counter noticed, it did notify me that if it was approved, it would be sent to her. So it probably says that somewhere, but we are not looking for any further Janet legal battles. So what we will do is um, tell you kind of the two main things that she demanded from YouTube that we believe is absolutely insane. Because I know that in our last episode, like the whole thing was like, is this lawyer trying to take down DWKT? Like it was like this, you know, I mean, it was clickbait, but it wasn't clickbait because she really was trying, like we felt like she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought she was doing that, but like, not necessarily like being obvious about it. Actually wanting to end our whole channel. We thought she was just trying to like strike us to just shut the fuck up. And then if our channel got taken down, who yeah. cares type of that. Like we didn't know she was actually wanting our channel to end. But rest assured, we uh, got confirmation when we got this correspondence that she had with YouTube where she was demanding that YouTube hold all of our wages, <laughs> all of them, all funds that we make, not just the ones on the video that she claimed, 
all of them, because she intended to garnish our wages when and if she won the legal proceedings. And then she also told them that they needed to put a litigation hold on our entire account and stop us from publishing. No further uploads. No videos. No videos, not just about her, about anything. We are not allowed to upload. And I'd also like to point out that, again, this was something she was ordering them to do. Put a litigation hold, hold their funds, I'll come back for those. <laughs> I have not encountered, and I don't even wanna say such a witch because witches are not all bad, you know. Mm. But I mean, talk about the Grinch, Scrooge. It is fucking Christmas. I have two children, you monster. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I wanna just put this in perspective. That was our hundredth episode we just uploaded. That is collectively, the amount of content on our channel is over 150 hours probably. Janet, your content made up less than two minutes of that 150 hours and you want to the whole channel gone and you, and want, you want it any all. money we're making from here how on. about no in what world is that a even remotely a proportionate response even if you did think which i don't know i can't even tell at this point what she thinks and what she's just like trying to do. I don't know how much of her believes her own bullshit, but it has to be a significant amount because wouldn't the average human being be embarrassed? I mean, I think she has a humiliation kink, to be honest, allegedly, in my opinion. <laughs> like, this is unreal. Between this and the actual court filing. Insane. Her telling us that we intentionally drove traffic away from her TikTok. Janet, what traffic? And she literally says in her complaint to YouTube that she lists me specifically because I was the one doing the counter notifications. Well, also because I don't exist because I'm the other girl. <laughs> right, exactly, of course. <laughs> but she said that I was a habitual violator of copyright rights. And basically she said that our entire channel was a violation of people's rights, that we just take content and it is not a legal use of it. Which by the way, again, that's why we made our last episode to begin with. This was a threat to commentary channels on this platform and obviously every other platform that she's striking people on as well. But this platform, she's saying, you're not allowed to commentate. Mm -mm, no, no, think about Elvis Presley. She has a very interesting um, perspective on fair use because she likes to throw out that only the court can decide if it's fair use. No, no, the court and her. Yeah, I was like, but in the same breath, then she tells us that she has done an analysis. Well, she doesn't tell us, she tells other people. Actually, she's probably told us this as well in, in some way that she does an analysis of fair use but the analysis, in our opinion, allegedly, is a bit bullshit wrong. <laughs> like it's so flawed and like leaves she just focus she cherry picks what she wants to see represented by fair use. Like I I would love to see what she even would consider fair use because everything that she's argued that definitely seems to fall under the four qualifications that are used to decide whether something's fair use. Everything I've seen her talk about, it's like, nope doesn't work. It's commercial. It's not a parody. It's not this. And it's like, are you fucking with us right now? Well, the interesting insight into Janet's mind is... <laughs> You know, Lily's mind, it strays, one could say. And Lily went and found Janet's Twitter. I was gonna say, I mean, it has reasons for straying. They're not just arbitrary left turns. Oh, no. <laughs> no, they stray off and they find cool stuff. And then they come back. <laughs> so one day, Lily was just like, I found her old Twitter. And I was like, you stop it right now. And we will not ever show anything of Janet on this channel again, full disclosure, but you're just gonna have to take our word for it. And if you find it yourself, you know, so be it. But she has a Twitter account where allegedly and actually she is talking about people who abuse copyright systems and how it makes it so that the whole system basically is useless and that that's not fair. You wanna read it? Let me find it. This comes the same day that she has had Jamie Grayson, who obviously she is not a fan of because he was part of the catalyst that started this entire thing because that is who Lauren the Mortician went after. And that's why we ever talked about her in the first exactly. place. Exactly. And Lauren seems to really um, skirt around this fact that that is what started all of this because she just is like, people went and started looking into my social media. Yeah, why'd they do that, Lauren? No, That's no. because you <laughs> made like these gross claims about Jamie not being qualified to give any advice on car seats when he has literally worked in the industry for decades and is certified in that industry, which you are not because you were a mortician for two years. And apparently you think that means that you are not only a child safety expert, but a mental health expert as well, as we've seen mm -hmm. after the wellness she check. She can tell when people are about to lose it. <laughs> She's seen the aftermath. <laughs> I told Kitty, I was like, okay, Haley Joel Osment, like, no thanks. Thanks. Like, we get it. The absolute audacity to use like horrible things that have happened to real people and be like, because I've seen the person 
post like mortem, I know when someone's going to commit. Uh, like, like that is the most me? like A, B, you're all the way at X, Z. Like, A, B, oh my God, yeah. what are you talking about? Again, so this is the same day I find this is the day that Jamie Grayson, she has had banned from TikTok. So he had over 100,000 followers. Now his account is gone. just gone. So imagine my surprise when I see this tweet from November 24th, 2021, where Janet is tagging TikTok creators, TikTok US and TikTok support and saying, how do we stop TikTok from banning accounts that have been falsely reported? I don't know, Janet. I hope you figured it out. Can you let Jamie know? How do we stop people from using your good intention system for bad? I don't know, Janet. How do we? We need your reporting system. We also need a change. I agree. We're, we're on the same page for once, Janet. I don't know who hurt you or what happened, but we've made a major departure in the last like. few years. I'm telling you, I think that our analysis of her finding success with people like Bunny XO, Gabby Egan, Lauren the Mortician, me naming them all, Perfectly Kelsey, everyone who hires this woman to do their dirty work allegedly for them and take down people who speak negatively of them. She found that success there. It's her cash cow. It was going to be her her new claim to fame. She was going to be that TikTok lawyer that gets people's stuff taken down. And, and honestly, that she in my opinion, allegedly, I think that one of the reasons she was trying so hard to get our channel to stop uploading ever again, think of what like a bragging point that would be or like a selling point to then get new clients because she could be like, well, look, these people talked about my client and I got their entire channel terminated. Except you didn't, Janet. Hello. Speaking of which, something really funny that she does in these emails is she talks about her client, she talks about how she can't divulge. She tells YouTube like, you want all this information about this copyright? I can't divulge that. That's attorney client privilege. I'm like, bitch, aren't you the attorney and the client? Is the client in the room with us now, Janet? What, like the way I read that and it was concerned. I was telling Lily last night, I'm like, oh my God, literally <laughs> me when I used to pretend to be my own manager. Like I used to be like, hello, how are you? Jesse's rate is X, Y, and Z. Cause I was just so embarrassed to do it otherwise. I couldn't believe that because aside from, as we mentioned, there was a different content owner listed on those claims. But honestly, that wasn't even coming up in the stuff that we got sent from YouTube, but it was coming up I don't know on happened. our phones. I don't yeah. know. It was weird. That Caitlin Demps was allegedly the content owner, but we know that she's not. And like, it's obvious that she's not. Other than that, literally, Janet was the only one involved in this. So when I read that she was referencing a client and like attorney client privilege, I'm like, but you're the attorney and the the client. <laughs> what do you mean? But that's literally what she did when YouTube told her like, hey, we need X, Y, and Z info for you to prove that you own this content. She goes, I don't have to prove anything. That's attorney client privilege. Except that's not a thing here. And also, yes, you do have to prove it. That's the point. But then she goes on to say that it was the same exact thing that she pasted in the cease and desists where she was like threatening litigation and saying, this is like, you're hereby put on notice and you can't delete any of the stuff from any of these devices or accounts. And then she has this long ass list from phones, hard drives, computers, Twitter, social media. And I'm like, Bitch, where's your warrant? Are you kidding? Floppy like, discs. Do you she does say floppy disks and diskettes. And I was like, get out of the Elvis case in 1994. Why are we talking about floppy disks? But seriously, what do you mean? that She's like acting like we have to just hand over our like entire digital footprint that has ever existed. Well, so something else that happened, I think it was happening while our takedown was happening. If you don't remember, our last episode on Janet, that was one of the ones that got struck down, was talking about Petty Page. Paige Christie here on YouTube, who had a whole situation with Gerard Cosmetics, who didn't want to remove a picture of her aunt who had passed away. And we talked about that and it had something to do with Janet because Janet was Gerard Cosmetics or Jen Gerard, who's the CEO of Gerard Cosmetics. She's her lawyer. So Paige has some history with Janet. Well, and it's actually funny to think of how this all kind of unfolded because when we were doing that episode, when we first started filming, we were only planning on covering that weird connection because there was the weird overlap that she's one of those like Russian dolls you keep opening in and it's like ah Janet you're in there genuinely though because literally don't you remember we were finishing talking about it and we were like well I think that's kind of it it was just a weird coincidence and I was like let's go look at her TikTok really quick and then we find out that she's talking about Becca Day and then we go to Becca Day's TikTok and we watch some of those and then we message Becca Day and now we're friends but oh my god it just was like one thing after another and now I'm like if only we had known what this would have led to <laughs> we couldn't have we it couldn't have possibly known it has been insane but yeah back to Paige but, so Paige actually is 
is going to have a video. I think tonight when we're filming this, so it'll definitely be up by the time that this goes up. But in it, she's going to read her own correspondence because it turns out that Jana tried to take down her videos where she was talking about her experience with Gerard Cosmetics, which in my opinion, having it have to do with her like aunt who's deceased and she used to be friends with Jen Gerard. Fuck that. If Jen Gerard is behind that, I think that is disgusting. I think that's like beyond like low. And the utter hypocrisy that Janet is defending someone and arguing that they get to keep up a photo that the person does not have any rights to. That is the most absurd, like it's the opposite of everything else she stands for. That's what I told you is I think she could fight literally any, she's one of those lawyers. It's like, well, which side? Okay, yeah, I'll fight that, fuck it. I don't care, you paying me? Sure. But so Paige is gonna read her tidbit of Janet's correspondence with YouTube. But spoiler alert, she refers to YouTube not taking down because they decided not to take down Paige Christie's video. Thank goodness. I don't know if she got flagged by that point because of our situation or if that was a separate thing. So me and Paige talked. We actually were cackling on FaceTime, exchanging Janet tidbits. She was suggesting maybe because she has had copyright situations in the past, because she has been a commentary channel for a lot longer than we have, they might have some kind of like notice on her account that is not just gonna let it happen like it did with us. We definitely slipped through the cracks. Yeah, I think so. But regardless, it didn't go through, which is great. And then she got Janet's correspondence with YouTube. And in it... Janet was not pleased that it's an awkward... I mean, talk about... You think she's unhinged on our things? Oh my God. She tells YouTube that them not taking down this content from Paige, that Paige made, and it's absolutely fair use, everything she used in it. Well, it's because only courts can decide fair use according to Janet, even though she also seems to think she can. But that's where this comes from. Janet describes it as it being very similar to if someone was not charged with murder, not charged with murder because they claim self-defense. They were just like, didn't investigate it. Everyone was just like, oh, self-defense. Okay. She says that's the same as YouTube saying it's fair use because YouTube's not allowed to say it's fair use because a court needs to decide that. But then she goes on to tell them how it's not fair use. I cannot. I literally feel like I am losing my mind anytime I read anything written by that woman. And again, I cannot believe she's real. Can I tell you how Paige told me that? We were like kind of just throwing stuff back and forth. And I was like, she compared us using her TikToks to using TV clips. And Paige goes, Lily, she compared mine to murder. <laughs> it's unhinged. I'm it's like, insane. Okay, it feels like a fever dream. I messaged Becca that. I'm like, this is a fever dream, right? Like, this isn't real. Like, this can't be. I can't wrap my mind around it, honestly. I know our entire last episode was Janet, so we'll wrap it up. But YouTube did finally get back to us last night. A real person, allegedly, we don't know for sure, but it seems like a real person. And what they said, I will read it for you guys, is basically that they heard that we had concerns of potential misuse of our copyright system and inconsistency in our copyright process, which I'm like, correct. You heard, did you? It's crazy because they said they heard from Team YouTube, which is the Twitter account. And when I didn't, like, I have it drafted. I need to send my response to this email. At the time of sending this, one of our videos had been restored, but the other one hadn't. So I'm like crafting the response to this. But then I even realized that I also got a DM from Team YouTube telling us that someone had emailed us. So they were very much like trying to damage control, clean up this situation because they must have one, maybe seen my just few, just just a just a couple um, tweets about the situation, as well as then after our video, you guys all going to Twitter and tagging them um, just in a few, a couple that expressed our deep disappointment in how they handled this entire situation and basically people scolding them. Yeah, and honestly, that was our issue, right? And I feel like it's still our issue. I'm gonna continue reading this in a second, but my main issue is still, you shouldn't have to make a video that has hundreds of thousands of people who see it. You shouldn't have to harass them on Twitter. You shouldn't have to literally stress the fuck out for a week because you think everything you've worked for for a year and a half is gonna be taken down. Like fully serious right now, this shouldn't have, gotten to this point and they do agree with us right now but in our email back I told Lily I'm like we need to let them know that like this is bigger than our channel how are smaller creators gonna get things like this rectified how is this gonna be prevented in the future because if they had just had a sophisticated system that would have realized that the source material was nowhere near the length of the timestamp she even claimed like I had no idea I was watching Dustin Daly's video with Nick Snyder and they were talking about how back in the day Jeffree Star used to abuse the strike system all the time and Manny MUA used to do it and I'm like really? 
Before we continue on, we really quickly want to say a thank you to today's sponsor, and that is Scentbird. If you're unfamiliar, as usual, that means you probably don't watch this podcast very often because they are a repeat sponsor. Scentbird is a fragrance subscription service with a mission to empower each and every person to express themselves through scent. Scentbird has a wide variety of fragrances from colognes to perfumes, unisex fragrances, designer, indie brands, everything you could possibly want. And they come in these nifty little trial sizes. I don't know if I would even call them trial sizes because there's a very, very decent amount in here. Mine are holiday themed. Are yours as well? No. What do yours look like? Mine look like little ornaments almost, like they're red, green, and blue. Oh no, mine's mine are like neons. Mine aren't festive, but do you know what they are? Oh my God, finally, Lily can finally lay this to rest because she has been on my case. You guys, so Jessie's the one that always responds to the email. <laughs> I'm always like, did you tell them what I wanted? And she's like, oh, sorry, I forgot. You guys, not only do they have designer fragrances and new fragrances, they have old fragrances. Yes, I'm referring to not only Katy Perry Purr, which was like my signature scent in college. I'm also referring to Britney Spears Curious, which was my signature scent in, I don't even know. I actually don't know if I had it or just my sister did and I would steal it, but I wore it like high school or middle school or something. I love it and it smells so good. And then Jesse, without even knowing that the only other nostalgic scent in my life is Dolce & Gabbana light blue because that's what my mom used to wear. That's the third one she got me. I love Dolce & Gabbana light blue and you've mentioned you like citrusy, mm -hmm. kind of fresh. So I was like, oh, period, I'll just add that one. Literally all three of them, I just keep alternating each day because I love them so much. It's such a good way to try perfumes. You don't have to commit. You can try whatever fragrance you want. You get the perfect amount and the price is right. And as if the price of Scentbird isn't already really affordable, you can get 55% off of your first month if you use our code DWKT55OFF, which you could also scan the QR code on the screen to get. And that'll give you, obviously, 55% off of your first month. So I think that's a steal. Again, there's so many things to choose from. So if you've tried out Scentbird, let us know what you tried out and how you liked it. And yeah, thank you once again to Scentbird for being an amazing sponsor of this podcast. It's interesting because Paige and I actually were talking a little bit about, we think that this hopefully is kind of an eye-opening like example for YouTube. And then they realize that I think a lot of people get deterred from issuing fake copyright strikes because it does make you sign under penalty of perjury that everything is accurate and that you're not falsifying anything. You're not doing this with bad intentions. But I think a lot of people aren't gonna sign that because they're like, oh shit, what if I get in trouble afterwards? And I think, and I hope this was maybe an eye-opening example to show them people are willing to do that. They don't care and they're going to submit them until they get in trouble or until they can't anymore. Well, and not only that, it's that the automated system thing, it just doesn't work for a million reasons. Our issue was a copyright takedown. How many issues do a million YouTubers have a day that they need help with and they're not gonna get it? It's either figure it exactly. out on your own, deal with it. It'll send you to a link of their help center. It'll have like frequently asked questions and you're like, oh my God, I just need to talk to a person. Or ask you like, do you want to submit a takedown request? It's just not working. And it takes a video where we're like literally begging for help and then hundreds of thousands of people to see that and beg for help on our behalf to get help. That's bullshit. Yes, are we glad we got helped? Obviously we're not gonna say we're not. And we're glad that Janet is hopefully flagged and allegedly being investigated. But it just seems like, this should have never happened and I hope it doesn't anymore. Exactly. Well, and it's just like, we are so lucky that we do have you guys that all have reached out to YouTube and tried to get their attention as well as other creators that did it on our behalf. We might not have connections at YouTube and like connections that are gonna just like get it instantly removed, but we have enough connections and enough like manpower to at least get their attention. And a lot of people definitely don't. And that's fucked up. Yeah. Like that shouldn't be a thing for anyone when the use that's being flagged for copyright infringement is a very clear-cut case of fair use. And I know that the courts have to decide fair use, but you can use your discernment to at least know whether you're like on the right path. And Janet, for her to claim that like everything is failing all four aspects of the fair use thing, it's just not true. Well, and YouTube seems to agree because in their email to us, they said, our team confirmed that your video was incorrectly removed for alleged copyright infringement and your counter notification was subsequently rejected in error. We we believe your video is protected by fair use. They said that sentence. We have that in writing now multiple times. Oh, multiple times they've told us, yeah. As such, your video has now been reinstated. YouTube is committed to ensuring that our copyright system is clean, fair, and free from misuse. When we find misuse, we take appropriate action on responsible parties in accordance with our policies. I hope that means that she is being 
reprimanded, deleted, flagged, something. Well, so I've already been drafting up an email response to this. It originally was going to be like, by the way, we have another video that is still like in limbo. But before I could even send the email, they actually took care of that one as well. So now I'm going to adjust it to just be like, hi, we really do appreciate you reaching out and resolving this situation. Cause they did, once they seemed to realize what happened. It was quick. They did really quickly. It was very and swift. Full disclosure, when I saw that she had provided the legal notice, I had the belief that there was nothing they could do at that point. I thought our videos were going to be down for the next few years. Yeah. Well, because when I looked at the copyright claims board, the cases could take up to three years. That's like the timeline. I'm like, oh, great. That's definitely going to be fun. So the fact that they did take it down despite being served a legal notice, I appreciate that. Like, I can't say that I don't because I know that that puts them in some crosshairs there. Well, and it does feel like that is them looking out for their creators and standing up for us and realizing that something went wrong here and this wasn't. Yeah. Our concern is more so like, please don't let this happen to other people. Don't let it happen again. Well, yeah. Yeah, so the email I'm drafting right now basically explains the reason this was so concerning because we didn't feel like this was like someone that didn't really understand fair use and was just like making a mistake because they thought we infringed on their copyright. We believe this, this is was bad someone faith. that we felt was personally targeting us, trying to get our channel taken down because they did not like the content, like the subject of the content, and then was using the copyright system because she couldn't get them to take it down just because she didn't like it. Right. I will say this last paragraph from YouTube is nice, so I will read it. It says, I wanted to take the opportunity to acknowledge the experience that you have gone through while trying to get this issue resolved. Please know that YouTube values your and all creators' voices deeply and works to improve our platform both for our creator and user communities. Please be assured that I'll continue to work with the teams to improve our related communication and processes around similar copyright claim instances. So I, I do appreciate that, obviously. And then they continue, I believe the next sentence asks um, if we have any additional feedback to provide that they'll relay it to the right, right team. And I will absolutely be sending that feedback. I mean, all in all, we're happy this got resolved. We chuckled. We were a little bit giddy reading Janet's correspondence. We can't lie about that. I literally told Lily, I'm like, she's foaming at the mouth right now. You know that, right? Like she is shitting, throwing up, sliding down the wall. Absolutely. There's well, no questions asked. I, I just, the fact that she really thought that she could do this because she has mind done blowing it. to me and she has successfully but I don't think it. she's done it on YouTube yeah. which I think this is the first time she's really had just someone like shut the door in her face and you see it you see a toddler throwing a temper tantrum in those emails absolutely and sucks to suck Janet sorry I mean, honestly, it's just like you are so brittle. Insufferable. You're so brittle. I mean, truly, you can't handle a little little sass, a little pizzazz. Well, I mean, I also think that she is scrambling because she's watching her career just go straight down. Well, her comments it. are off on TikTok. She doesn't allow any comments there. So nobody on can, e art. yeah, I was going to say nobody can even admire her art publicly. That's really sad. But she's also, yeah, she's watching two women say, fuck no, you're not going to ruin everything we worked for. But you're also watching a community come together. That's and what we're not just talking expect. about our audience. Oh, no, this is cross platforms. Not. We have talked to everyone involved in this. We're all like in chat, like everyone knows what's going on. Janet thinks that she's like has her hands in all these things. And she's like pulling the puppet strings. No, Janet, you're the fucking puppet. When you're essentially saying that all commentary should not be a thing, not going to go over well. That is one of the biggest platforms. And you're also like we mentioned in our last episodes, messing with people who like to talk a lot. So well, that's a bad, bad decision. Like to talk a lot, like to do research. I know that there's some not savory things that have been coming out about Janet. Like people are looking into allegedly. her past, allegedly in my opinion. We are not. But people are looking into her and they're not liking what they're finding. I know a lot of people have reported her to the bar. I've heard allegedly from people that, with legal backgrounds that like, they think that her behavior has been extremely unethical, mostly when you look back to the fucking wellness check. Oh, no, 100%. But by the way, I do want to quickly say, please, if you are not someone that has been personally victimized by Janet, don't report her to the bar. I didn't like specify that and I should have in our last episode because it's really something that you don't want to like dilute. It's kind of like Halle Bailey with the nail salon reviews. It's like leaving a review for a place that you've never been to. Ultimately, I do just want to say thank you guys. We definitely begged for your help last episode and you guys did not disappoint. You tagged YouTube, you tagged your favorite creators. Some of them spoke about it, some of them didn't, but ultimately it got resolved. And also the amount of you that were like, where's the GoFundMe? Who do I vent? 
Venmo. Like, oh we'll pay God, for I your lawyer fees, which we very much appreciate. Luckily, I don't think do, we'll need I don't them. think it came to that. I honestly believe this uh, whole, like, copyright claims board because I do think it's just, like, sitting in front of a board, you know? I think that's something Lily and I can handle ourselves. Like, we can speak our truth. We know fair use pretty well. And then we also have been doing this for so long. And we can compose ourselves. Like, we're drinking. We're chilling here right now. But, like, we can compose ourselves, okay? We can put on a little, what is it, blazer? Like, Sandra Bullock? What? <laughs> In that one movie with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, The Proposal. Anyway. Interesting reference. I don't know. She just looked so professional. I, yeah, no, I'll take that. Yeah, no, we can pull it together. But honestly, I don't even know if we're going to have to. That is pretty much the update. The update is everything was restored. YouTube has personally contacted us. We have gotten to read Janet's unhinged takedown notices. It's been it really glorious. Joy, yeah. They have, honestly. Like, you can't even pretend that if this happened to you, you wouldn't, like, be super petty and just rejoice in reading this bullshit. Becca and I were discussing that while all of this has been a headache and really stressful at times and just very chaotic. You know, I'd do it again. I feel like we made some nice new friends. We may have also made an example of why the system needs to be changed to YouTube and made them aware of how problematic it could be. Yeah, I was gonna say like my main thing is that if it took us going through this and like dealing with stress for a couple weeks Gladly. just for the system to either get better or for them to be aware that this is happening on their platform, fuck it, who cares? And like you said, we met some nice people. Exactly, it was like it brought all of us together through a common goal and I think that now everyone can be more aware of it, including YouTube, and hopefully we can prevent shit like this from happening in the future. And specifically prevent Janet from doing this in the future because you know what, Janet? Fuck you. So that is where we're at. Copyright strike free. All videos are live and ready to go. If you wanna check them out, We'll link them down below. Thank you all that have already gone back and commented. It's like, re-watching now. You guys are seriously amazing. But anyway, we got to get into being Matt Rife haters. So let's just move right on along. When you really think about it, he is similar to Janet in that like just when you think he couldn't dig himself into any worse of a hole, he does. What is he doing? I don't know. I'm just so confused. Self-destructing. Well, okay. So Matt Reif, if you don't know, is a stand-up comedian that we spoke about a few episodes before because he had a Netflix special that came out that had a very offensive domestic violence joke in it. I've only been to Baltimore one time. I ate lunch there and the hostess who like seats you at the restaurant had a black eye. <laughs> a full black eye. It wasn't like, what happened? Yeah, it was pretty obvious what happened. We couldn't get over the fact that we we're like, this is the face of the company? Like, this is, this is who you have greeting people? And my boy who I was with was like, yeah, I feel bad for her, man. I feel like they should put her in the kitchen or something where nobody, where nobody has to see her face, you know? And I was like, yeah, but I feel like if she could cook, she wouldn't have that black eye. <laughs> and when people called him out for it, he basically shat all over his fans and said if they took offense to that, that they needed to get special needs helmets. Like he literally linked to a website and when you went to that website, it was special needs helmets. Wonderful joke. Haha, <laughs> very funny. And also for context, Matt Rife very much has come up on TikTok. He was on the show Wild and Out for years and looked very different, curiously. He then found a whole new following on TikTok and that really has been like the rise of his career. But the thing is, is that his audience on TikTok very much gravitated towards him, usually more because, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but I know that this is the case for a lot of people, they sought out his content because they did find him attractive. It was a very female-dominated audience that he had acquired on TikTok because of his looks. Not necessarily because his life-changing comedy, you might say. Well, that's not necessarily true. Yes, did a lot of women find him attractive? They did, but they found him attractive both physically and from what I understand and what I've read, they found him attractive in the, not necessarily like golden retriever way because he was never that family-friendly, super cookie-cutter type of lovable man. But he did have a lot of like, what's called crowd work where he will deal with like hecklers or just like talk with the crowd and interact in general. A lot of what some people deemed like very wholesome moments. And then somehow, I don't know exactly how it happened. He was, for a very brief moment in time, known as this like wholesome man comedian. Oh, I missed that. that that's like very up. rare. Well, it wasn't just that he was hot. That was like an extra thing. But they also liked like just his vibe and that he wasn't this like offensive, disgusting. Like, you know how like Louis C.K. used to be like, oh, and then I just jerk off. Like he wasn't like that. He didn't that. fit the stereotype of being like a male stand-up comedian, which a lot of the time mm -hmm. does lean 
more offensive and is a little polarizing to especially a female audience. But Matt Reif had a female audience and hadn't been offending them. And like, that's the crowd he had built through his crowd work on TikTok mostly. But then when he got so much success that it spilled off of TikTok and he started getting mainstream attention. And for example, then Netflix gives him this special. It seems like Matt Reif had like an identity crisis and was like, no, I can't be known as, and he even has clips that we have included under fair use in previous episodes where he references like people don't want to laugh at an attractive person. Like he was basically saying that since he started working out, like it's hard because people aren't going to want to go see someone attractive that they're going to laugh at. Like he's made weird comments like that. And then he seemed to kind of resent that people found him attractive because the male audience that then would come across his content would be like, people only like you because you're hot. I don't think any of that ever happened. Yes, it did. Are you kidding? That's like literally why he made this shit. No, no, I know that that actually happened. I'm saying I think that's something that happened in his head. I mean, I think it probably was like he got a few comments. I don't think it was like every single person that ever watched his stuff was like shitting on him. I think that he took the few hate comments, which I mean, I get the hate comments. They do stand out more than people saying they love you. But he definitely took them to heart. It seems like he had this identity crisis where he was like, well, shit, this isn't the comedian that I've always wanted to be. Like he's been trying to be successful for so long and now he has that success, but it's not the kind of success he wanted. So he decides that he's gonna make a shift. And when he has his first mainstream special, he's gonna go from being the comedian that has this big female audience to, no, 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 I'm, I'm a guy's guy. Yeah, we covered all of this in our episode about Matt Rife, so we'll link it down below if you haven't seen it, but we do play the joke for you. We talk about it. We talk about the aftermath, what he said and all that, but there have been more developments because like we mentioned in that episode, one of the things that he talked about was crystal girls. Oh my God, astrology girlies, crystal girls, put down the pebbles, am I right? It's like, Okay, so this was the astrology joke uh, for full context, this is fair use. If I hear one more person blame how their life is going on Mercury, <laughs> I will kill you myself, do you understand? <laughs> you leave that goddamn planet alone. I am so tired of you ladies blaming your poor decision-making skills on planets that don't even know you. Get this through your head. Astrology is not this magical life guideline that, that predetermines your future in the stars. No, none of that. Your future is dependent by your own thoughts, opinions, and actions. You are in complete control of how your future turns out. It's not up here. It's in here the whole time. It's up to you. What are we, it has in church? nothing to do with the stars, man. Just because Jupiter has a ring and you don't doesn't mean... <laughs> So that's his big punchline is just because Jupiter has a ring and you don't. A lot of people were quick to point out Jupiter isn't even like, that's not the planet you refer to that has rings. It's Saturn. Does Jupiter have a ring? It does have one, but like, that's not what people, like if people refer to a planet with rings, it's Saturn, it's not Jupiter. So it was just like an interesting choice. So literally the comments even on the TikTok for Netflix, it's like, Jupiter, did you mean Saturn? Like a lot of people called him out for this. I mean, but technically he's not wrong. Yeah, but that's also what he probably said. Technically, Jupiter does have a ring. No, if you're talking about a planet with a ring, you would be talking about Saturn. It's not like he's like rhyming and needed to use that planet. So it was just like, oh, so you're stupid and you don't understand astrology. So Bunny Hidea on TikTok, someone we've actually recently spoken about with the whole Janet saga. I mean, talk about a small you guys, world our on the internet. topic overlap has been insane here. <laughs> but she posted this TikTok and it showed up on my For You page. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Matt Reif has decided to start beef with my six-year-old child online. Yeah, you heard me correctly, my six-year-old child online. So, my name is Bunny Hidea, if you don't know me. Hidea means gift, and this is my gift to you, reading Matt Rife to Phil. Like Matt, I have a full female audience online. Although, I like mine. I don't want the men, you can keep them, please. I will gladly take your audience, because we know you can't satisfy them anyways. This all started when his comedy special, which if that's what we're calling comedy. The things he said that weren't even funny were posted on TikTok and I started being tagged in them because everyone knows that my son is like a genius and he's really into space. I fiercely protect my child online. I'm not a family channel. People know his name, they know he likes space, they know he likes Minecraft, and that's pretty much it. Most people do not know any personal details about my child. And because of that, and because I have such a large audience, when I see people in person and when people see space clips, they tag me in them because they know that that's what he likes. 
this is the video that I posted. Nothing to do with the stars, man. Just because Jupiter has a ring and you don't, doesn't mean... Actually, it's Saturn that has the rings, and it has more also, and you're mean to girls. I am not the type of content creator that usually talks about other people or other things for views. I focus my content only on me, because guess what, Matt? I'm interesting enough on my own. But I also didn't pay for my looks, so that's not really what people follow me for. You look to the video on here, you can see that all the comments were like, Oh my god, he's so smart, he's so cute, like, oh my gosh, yeah! Girl power! Mind you, he's not tagged in it. I have no connection with him, and it was posted on a Netflix page. While you clearly took a lighthearted video and turned it into fighting with a six-year-old, let's talk about the comments that you said about me. This is my IG where he left the comment, okay? Do I look like... I don't even show my body! For you to assume that every single woman online makes money by showing their bodies, which like, if that's what you do, girl, do you. Like, love it. I have never made a single dollar from a man. The audience is female, 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 female. And a little bit of the gays and nays. You can't accept the fact that people may like women for their personalities. No, you, we know you don't have one. You stick to circle jerking, the men that you need validation from, and I will gladly take your female audience that you so desperately want to get. No, it hurts because I'm richer than you and I didn't have to pay for a Forbes article to fake it. And I really wish you luck on what's left of your career. But keep my child's name out of your mouth. Also, he comments and directs this comment to her six-year-old. He comments back on this post and says, Jupiter also has a ring. Oh, and Santa Claus isn't real. Your mom buys you presents with the money she makes on OnlyFans. Good luck, sir. Are you joking? A stupid question. Can six-year-olds read? I think this one can. Okay. I don't think a six-year-old one would know what OnlyFans is, but the fact that he automatically jumps to her having an OnlyFans when, as she just said, like scrolling through her TikTok, like she's not even posting like- Yeah, he's literally just photos. like, woman equals slutty bitch. Which is so unsurprising when you think of the joke he he made that opened yeah. the show where it was like, oh, women can't cook. Let's punch them in the face because they can't make me a sandwich. Like it's the exact same low bar of humor. Except it's directed towards a six-year-old. So it's worse. First of all, how dare you try and ruin Santa? I've so how many problems you, you with monster. this comment. But like also that's very inappropriate that if you even remotely thought that he could be reading the comment, which. Right, right. That's fucked up. OnlyFans? You're going to be like telling a six-year-old that his mom is a sex worker when one, she's not and two, even if she was, what is the point? Does this make you feel better, Matt Rife? Because I've never seen someone with such like loud insecurity that he has to respond to stuff like this because he's so offended. This is like worse than him responding to the um, TikTok about plastic surgery, made a joke about giving him jaw surgery. And he commented and was like, it's illegal to lie about someone's medical history. And it's like, no one even thought he was really talking about you, Matt Rife. It was a joke. Have you heard of those? I don't think so. Well, so that was this weird thing that happened, right? And I saw it on TikTok. I was like, okay, well, that's fucking stupid. Why is he commenting about a six-year-old? I'm so confused. But then I start seeing on my For You page that Brooke Schofield, who is best friends with Tanner Mojo, they have a podcast together called Cancelled. They have both publicly not only had Matt Rife on their show, but they have defended Matt Rife even last week. Well, nine days ago, to be exact. Which is funny because it was after a clip had gone viral from their interview with him where he tries to say, anyone that like hates you, it's because they're jealous of you. I love that And Tana I love that. So just good. shuts him down. And like a lot of people I feel like don't give Tana credit. Like she's a very smart girl. <laughs> she can be really quick, especially with some jabs, including this one where she goes, oh, so you think a lot of people are uh, jealous of Osama bin Laden? <laughs> because so many people hate me for really no reason. And it really made me realize that like people only hate somebody they're jealous of. And I've been, I've been guilty of hating people. And when I really sat back and thought about it, it was because I was jealous of where that person was in their life. I felt like maybe they got an opportunity that I should have gotten. So now that I'm doing so much better for myself, I don't have that energy towards anybody. I really don't. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I'm happy and very lucky to be where I'm at right now. So I don't have like a beef with anybody. That yeah. was a really, really good, well-rounded answer. Do you think people who hate Osama bin Laden are jealous of him? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and he is so caught off guard and like good because, oh my God, no, Matt Rife, not everyone that hates you or dislikes you is jealous of you. Well, so it turns out that the reason why Brooke was actually defending him and has defended 
defended him multiple times is because apparently she dated Matt Reif. I guess she used to call him DC guy. I don't really watch their podcast, so I'm not familiar, but I think she used to like say a dating story about this DC guy. Well, that's Matt Reif. And now she's like fully saying, yeah, it was Matt Reif. And she talks about the tea. So this is their backstory of their relationship. Because it wasn't like this serious relationship, but like it was more like I wasn't just hooking up with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it was very... You liked him. Yeah, I really liked him. And his, like, even more, like, more so from his end, he was the one who was initiating the conversations that were, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, I haven't felt this way about anybody in so long. And, like, so just, like, I mean, to anyone with, like, common sense, it's it's love bombing. But I had, at that point, lost all my marbles, seriously. So And we love a love bomb. So I was, like, this guy's the fucking nicest guy ever. And, like, I had just come off this, like, terrible relationship with, like, the world's most psychotic person you guys know that yeah and so i was like what the fuck like this guy's so hot he's so nice he's so attentive like i, I was obsessed with this guy yeah. okay and we were all on board for it until yeah. basically she's saying it was like this casual talking thing but then it started turning into more of the like him being oh my god i've never felt this way before which been there done that i was gonna say uh Yep, the love bombing. She mentioned in the previous episode, which she got a lot of shit for, the way that she defended him was she was saying basically, which I disagree with entirely, was she's like, we shouldn't draw the line on comedy, basically. Like, we shouldn't cancel comedians for telling jokes. But if it was funny, it would be different. Well, that's what she's saying is like, well, no, we can't say what can and can't be said in comedy, whatever. So that's what their defense was. But she goes on to say that she actually was like also feeling bad for him because he was being canceled. Yeah, so in sure. my... In my head, I'm just like, this sucks because, like, I really did. Like, I got to see, like, how much he really does care about the job and stuff. And, like, whether he's funny or not is up in the air. But, like, he tries really hard and he works really hard. And I actually did just feel so bad to see, like, his one thing that he got, like, just completely go that, like, as badly as it could go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why. So I didn't feel bad coming in here and defending him. And honestly, like, you guys don't even know how bad it was because I cut some of it. I was like, this is, I'm going to get cooked. But I was on here like, I'm like, I love Matt. He he respects women. like Which is crazy. <laughs> I was. like I could, Because I really like, I'm like, I feel that. I have always felt that way about him. I really felt like he respected me. Like I did. Plot twist. He didn't. She was scrolling and saw some sort of compilation. She's going to explain it now. Of him with another woman. And when she started noticing that the timelines kind of oh, no. matched up to when she was dating him, she's like, uh-oh, maybe I should message her. I <laughs> am on TikTok the other day. And I get tagged in a video of this girl and it's her and Matt. It's all these photos of her and Matt, like a little slideshow, if you will. Okay. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I go to the comments and Not she had commented back to somebody. She was like, relax, you guys. This was at the beginning of this year. I go, just an open case of white cloth. Literally that entire setup. I'm just not. <laughs> that's me. I'm like, what? When? <laughs> like, when was it exactly? Because I was seeing him at the beginning of this year. And, like, I'm like, when was it? So I DM her. Soleil. I DM her, and I'm, I'm like, hey, like, just wondering, honestly, like, what was the timeline exactly? Just because, like, I'm, I'm curious. Because, I mean, his current girlfriend was not long after me either. So I'm like, it had to have been around the same time. Immediately, she puts me into a group <gasps> chat. No. You never want to be in a group chat <laughs> with beautiful, strange women. Okay. okay? When I tell you, Tana, you want to talk about women in STEM, we were fucking, there were timelines, there were Venn diagrams. There was, it, we were comparing notes. It was so... Us with Janet. No, but honestly, I've heard stories of this happening before. It's like when a bunch of women find out that they're all dating the same guy, that is not something that guy wants to happen. <laughs> you don't want, even I would say two or more women conspiring against no, you is scary. No. We're good at we that. We are FBI agents. <laughs> but she kind of like gaslighted herself when she found out about all these women. And she's like, okay, we never dated. Like they weren't official. She's like so sad talking about it too like i know i feel really bad my immediate reaction just because i'm me and i'm fucking stupid i start gaslighting myself i'm literally like okay well you know what like maybe it wasn't as serious as i thought it was like maybe i just maybe i thought it was like this huge serious thing and he didn't okay <laughs> took took only a couple scrolls tana for me to get back to where he's telling me like fucking like just 
I don't want you seeing, I don't want you to even look at another guy. I don't want anybody else touching you. I don't want you, he didn't want me hanging out with like my guy friends. Like it was so specific in that, like he was like, you're the only girl I want. We're talking about when we're going to move to DC and run away. Like I don't have times where it was like, we were about to like go move (laughs) somewhere together. But the amount of times that I've been in that situation where when it ends and they are the ones ending it very abruptly out of nowhere. And it's like, did I imagine everything that just happened? Because as she said earlier, he was the one that was really offering, like going out of his way to love bomb and reassure and offer all of this validation. And like, is that just a thing that all guys do? That they're like, oh, never mind. I don't think all guys, I think specifically Gemini men, but I do think that it is a lot of men that will tell you some crazy shit. I used to have story times on my channel about this guy named Army Guy, and he would call me and be like, you need to bear my children. Like, I can't live this life without you having my kids. Next day, no answer on text. I'm like, got it. When you would have been fine being like, not even in an exclusive relationship, just like taking it slow. 100%. And then the second you even remotely meet that energy, you could just be going up and say hi to the energy. You don't even have to meet it totally. Big and mistake. then suddenly they're like, oh, nope, too much, bye. It's not even meeting their energy. It's like taking them up on their offer. And they're like, well, actually, weirdo, freak, stalker. Literally. Like, and I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> and then we're the crazy bitches, which ironically is why Matt Reif got called out one time because he went on a podcast and he started talking about how a woman took like something way out of proportion that he did and it was like whoa girl like chill fuck out people are like maybe she had like a proportionate reaction to you doing something wrong actually going through a breakup right now with a girl that i was like fuck this might be it yeah you're still young i know but like dude everything was great until it wasn't like every single thing about her i was like fuck this like this could be my wife well then what was the thing that man i messed up a little bit And then her reaction to that mess up made it a thousand times worse. That's really important. And I believe his reasoning along with that was like, it was that I did something and it was how she reacted to it. Yeah. Well, maybe you shouldn't have done the thing. What are you talking about? To me, this was the craziest fucking part of this podcast. I could not. If Socks podcast, first of all, first offense was Trevor asking what his type was. His answer was blondes with fake tits. Okay, for the audio listeners, I am a brunette <laughs> with fucking real tits. They're huge, but they're real. <laughs> I'm like huge, by the way. But Not Brooke being funnier than he is. So I know. That was like a little bit like a bit offensive. But Again, I, when I knew. But I justified it a little because I'm like, you know what? If someone asked me my type, I'd just say ugly guys. So <laughs> like that's not the worst thing in the world to say. But he goes on to say that he... Um, is disgusted by Audi vaginas, like girls who have Audi vaginas, because it looks like God left the tag on them. Now, I'm gonna give you guys the canceled exclusive here, but I, Brooke Schofield, have an Audi vagina, okay? Seen it, it's great. I have a fucking, and so does fucking two thirds of America, you fucking weirdos. Imagine me sitting there, my fucking jaw on the floor, my fucking, Pussy doing the fucking line. I have to just say, having someone that you've been a sexual partner with do that is insane. That is so beyond disrespectful. On a podcast, you're joking. And this is allegedly from someone, Tana lets us slip that he photoshops his dick. And I lost it when she said that. Totally tracks, 100%. Do you think he just smooths it out or you think he makes it bigger? I don't know. Do you really need to ask that? I feel like he would be like one to smooth it out, do it like a bunch of work on it. The patch tool. I've heard him talk about how he's not a fan of BBLs because then it makes his dick shorter. No. <laughs> he said that? That's so embarrassing. Okay. It's not ideal. The thing about BBLs is like, you you can so tell. Yeah. I've yeah, never her seen ass a BBL. like an AirPod. Yeah, you built like an ant. <laughs> like you just said, like a lowercase b. Do, do, do you yeah. feel like you have less dick being in a BBL? Yeah, man. <laughs> why you, why you, why do you insist on making me lose inches right now? Literally, it's like, that like takes away like too much. It's like, oh my God. I hope you just- What? I hope every single listener knows that when that podcast aired, I tried to swing. You was, guys thought that was disgusting. The, the, the public was like, oh my God, how horrible. Imagine how I felt. He literally just went on a podcast and was like, yeah, I'm fucking repulsed by this bitch. Like, when you had sex with him, did you ever come? Okay, don't talk about that. I know you didn't. <gasps> Enough I, said. 
I I died. They're so funny. The fact that they're talking about Matt Reif and he is so unfunny and they don't even try. Like, yes. I know. But real talk, I think Tana's right. Oh my God. No, well, seriously. Back to also, like, have we included the clip? Because he says, like, it's like they have a tag on them. And he's like, I don't want this. Is it like return to sender? What? My He's God. so gross. The girl with master plan, I'm like, yo, that's pretty close. Yeah, like, what am I supposed to fuck you or thumb wrestle? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I both, honestly. <sighs> I don't, I don't love, I don't love a giant clip. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to look down and feel like, like, like God left a tag on you. I would say, let us see that dick, Matt Rife, but I don't want to see it because I know what I'm going to get. The comment itself was already, like she said, super fucking offensive. We all thought that without knowing who it was about. For it to have been about someone you hung out with the night before you filmed that podcast is beyond deranged. I was going to clarify. So they were dating at the time. They were dating. They had gone to dinner the night before. They were talking about, he was saying he's going to go on the podcast. She was saying, oh, I have a podcast with my friend. And they were talking about that. He's like, well, babe, see you tomorrow. Then he goes on that podcast and says that. Like, did he think that she wouldn't listen? Did he just not care? I I'm, I don't know. It's just bizarre. I didn't that deny that it. description had to match somebody. And I'm like, thinking back too, I'm like, okay, how crazy that he could spend no time with me in LA, but it's like, oh, he only go- gets so many LA days a year. I'm like, he must've had to hit all his stops. I'm holding my breath. He went to someone's after that show for sure. So she goes on to basically elaborate on how he used to see a bunch of different women. And I don't know that he's doing that now. He seems to have one girlfriend, uh, allegedly. Yes, and he tries to be very respectful because I've seen a clip where he went on some show and they ask about how he used to date Kate Beckinsale. And he's like, out of respect for my current girlfriend, I'm not going to talk about that. And then he also then kind of continues to talk about (laughs) it. But yeah, I just found that so baffling that tidbit of information was so bizarre and i think just further solidifies our extreme dislike for matt rife yep yep i think so what did matt rife do in this episode fought with a six-year-old and clown on the person he was dating on a podcast like ew i've never seen such a self-sabotage he was doing so well and then it was just like oh crash and burn we didn't even talk about him going on fucking jordan peterson's podcast oh my god that was horrible i mean it's exactly what you think it'd be (laughs) i was gonna say we don't need to go through that but yeah it's just such a fall from grace like six months ago you would have said anything about matt rife and like people would have come for you i feel and it's just been such a sudden shift which is he just got like too caught up with his own ego and literally had an identity crisis that he handled in the worst way possible. Yeah. But um, anyway, that is all we have for you today. Uh, just a little bit of Janet and Matt Rife goodness. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah. If you've made it to the end, thank you for sitting through another, uh, I don't even know how long of us shitting on Janet. But um, I think that a lot of you understand and actually some of you uh, very much appreciate it because you agree. At least we did start to get into a normal topic again. Unfortunately, it was Matt Rife. But next episode, I think we'll be completely back to normal. Well, I don't know. You know, Janet, she's full of surprises. Anyway, we hope you guys had a wonderful week and as always we will see you on monday bye Bye.